how Katie, I'm, I'm sure crushing those ADHD <laughs> crafting challenges, huh? Oh, you mean those hard. crafting challenges that you're doing at TikTok.com slash Hey Good? <laughs> yes, on the website TikTok.com. W H T T P S colon slash yeah, so slash. Next time you're surfing the web. Next time you're on the you know, the World Wide Web. And it's and it's not crashing down because your mom's not using the landline, you know. Yeah. Well just make sure that you check and make sure that you have enough minutes left on the, on your internet. <laughs> exactly. Remember when people paid hourly for the internet? Yeah, gosh. Like, you I get still get CDs at the grocery store. Yeah. I still remember my brother how mad he would get. He'd be playing RuneScape and like <laughs> My mom or dad would make like a phone call on the landline and it would fuck with our internet because it was like dial up. It was a whole thing in in the good household. Now we don't have such problems. Would you say that? Thanks, Obama. You're having a good time. Uh, yes, Katie. I would <laughs> Hi, everybody. Say it. It's me, Katie. It's ours. God damn it. Yes, hi, hello. It's me. Hey, good. And welcome back to Infinite Quest, where we're talking about the internet i guess no welcome nfts oh gosh we're gonna talk about nfts i would like an nft of my face not forgetting things that's hey that's pretty good nft i'm making that into it that's pretty good no today i will i guess we'll start at a place weird couple of days it has been a weird couple of days yeah i feel like and you know okay you know how i want to approach i you know what i want to talk about because i think this is maybe this is a generative discourse to have (laughs) <laughs> your tummy just growled so my loud my tummy just growled i think it got picked up on the mic did it yeah did i can get, see it tummy get picked up? <laughs> i'll mute it i'll mute it dear listener don't worry i'll spare you i had to hear it you did oh that's fine um but no it's been a weird couple of days uh some weird stuff has happened uh but without getting into too much details i think the biggest thing that i think is interesting about uh, the the days that we've had is it's really made me think about how i make decisions yeah and how my executive dysfunction and how my weird like i always forget that i lack impulse control until something comes up to highlight it in space to like remind you in retrospect yeah, like because, hey by the way that was impulsive yeah because like for me like i don't i don't ever think that i'm acting impulsively like i don't ever like sit yeah. down and go i'm just gonna i mean sometimes i go okay like leroy jenkins but, again, but just like we've talked about on the on the on the impulsivity episode like if you're thinking about being impulsive then you're probably being spontaneous yeah like because you're pl- you're thinking about it and planning it yeah and so but uh, yeah i mean i think it's just it's just really interesting like kind of with everything that's happened, I think, like, going back and looking at, like, just all the times in my life where I've just, like, said yes to things because, like, they sounded cool, but I, like, didn't really think it through. Mm-hmm. Like, all the places where, like, I've overcommitted myself, mm-hmm. like, that's a really big one. Um, And just honestly, like, if we're being honest, just all the times that, like, I have honestly and authentically caused, like, inadvertent harm because of how i tend to make decisions yeah i know what you mean i mean i think it's interesting i I think this is one of those situations in which you and i have very different perspectives on this because of i was early diagnosis you were late diagnosis yeah exactly because for me since i was early diagnosis i knew quite early on in my life um, although not nearly as much uh, to the extent that I know now, but I knew quite early in my life that impulsivity and thinking things through and, and rashly committing to things, that that was a part of my life. And so after several years of doing that, 
I, I suddenly I, I like hover outside of myself and like watch myself from the outside yeah. as I'm making decisions because I know I'm impulsive and I know I don't think about things enough. So even if I do think I'm thinking about something enough, I know that I can't trust my own judgment to say whether or not I'm thinking I've thought about it enough. So like I never feel like I've thought about something enough. <laughs> Like in in this yeah. moment right now, I can't tell you like what percentage of the time I think I've thought things through enough. Yeah. I think certainly there are times when I've thought about things way the fuck too much and certainly times when I've thought very little. But those things feel very similar to me because I know I can't trust my own internal gauge of those things. And so generally I'll either way overthink things because I know no amount of thinking will give me certainty that I've thought about it enough or not thinking about it at all because I know no amount of thinking will yeah. give me certainty that I've thought about it enough. So I either just go like, yeah, that sounds cool. Let's do that. Or it's like, okay, give me six months to like viciously plan over it. Yeah. And I mean, overthinking for me, like that is, that's to me is like the death knell, you yeah. know, it's like the minute that I realize like I've started like overthinking something, I'm never getting it back. Like there's never going to be that moment where I'm like, okay, I'm a hundred percent sure. And like the one of the places that I feel like that comes up and we don't talk about a lot is like relationships hmm. because like of the amount of like overthinking that can happen in a relationship. Like I spend a lot of time overthinking whether or not you like me. Like now I know you're <laughs> going to go, oh my God, I love you so much. You're great. I but do. like. I really do. Like, I will I will spend a lot of time being like, oh, my God, I said that thing or I did that thing. And, like, Eric secretly hates me. Chris secretly hates me. Like, all that stuff. And so, like, for me, one of the ways that I – I don't want to say, like, opt out. But the, one of the ways that I've found to avoid overthinking is to kind of, like, give something a broad overview. Hmm. But sometimes the broad overview isn't enough. And, and – one thing that I find now I'm just like ranting, but like one of the things that I find to be really frustrating is the fact that like I tend to be very trusting. I tend to be very like, and I like, I really do. I really do believe that like people are inherently good. And I think that when somebody causes harm, it is usually coming from a place of fear or, or, issues that we can't really understand and so when somebody goes hey dipshit you did something hurtful i go oh no i didn't think about it enough and then i feel really bad but then it's like if i don't know i don't know where the fuck i was going no, with that. you know I what think, i mean yeah totally i i think this is something we bring up at panels is that i i try to always assume good intent i think yeah. very rarely if somebody is acting with genuine bad intent, it's usually pretty easy to spot, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but far more often when hurt happens through impulsive decisions or impulsive commitments, um, I think it happens not through bad intentions, but those good intentions not being matched with good practice mm -hmm. and follow through and all those sorts of things. Because that's really hard. Having good intentions is generally pretty easy. Yeah. Um, I mean... I don't want to, to qualify that too much. Sometimes <laughs> it gets pretty dark up in that noggin. Um, but having good intentions is, is, is generally pretty easy. Um, but having the, the skills to match those good intentions with practices and whatnot, 
such to make sure that those good intentions are what are realized in yeah. like reality. Yeah. That's really hard. And I think that's what I struggle with a lot. I mean, you know me pretty well. Like I am never, I, I've never once ever intended to hurt you. Yeah. But I'm sure that I have. I'm sure that I have just because we've known each other for a year and a half and you've told me several times, <laughs> but uh, in uh, it's easy, I think, to fall into despair about that. Yeah. When you inadvertently hurt someone or people that you care about and love, it's really easy to just fall into despair yeah. and go, wow, I must have not, like, maybe I didn't have good intentions. Mm -hmm. And maybe, and if I don't have good intentions, then what's even the point in trying? Because yeah. anything I do is just going to end up hurting people. So I might as well just lock myself in the room with, in a room with shelf stable food in a bucket or something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, painted a pretty grim image there. Sorry. No, you're fine. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, my solution to that is I just immediately convince myself that I'm a terrible, awful person. You know, like mm. there's, there's always just that, like, oh, this thing, oh god, I'm awful. You know, and so I've been like working really hard on that, and I think part of that growth and part of the ability to look at issues that come with like rash impulsive decision making or you know just like not thinking something all the way through is is just going well i guess like being able to be okay with accepting the fact that like you may inadvertently hurt somebody or you may inadvertently cause harm or you may inadvertently cause hurt and it's not like it's not like you woke up in the morning and you were like today i will hurt as many people <laughs> as i can you know it's that sometimes it's just gonna happen by the very nature of just i mean live like even if rash impulsive decision making wasn't like the topic of conversation i think sometimes like we all just make choices that we're like oh this is a okay thing and then you're like oh fuck no it wasn't and so i think in those moments like what is really important is being able to look at yourself and saying like you know what like you're not a bad person but you did a thing that was maybe less than good and so what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? Like, mm -hmm. what am I doing to mitigate the hurt that I could cause in the future by not thinking things through? Yeah. yeah and yeah. that's been, that's been like something really interesting to like ruminate on. Yeah. You know? It reminds me of something, um, Patton Oswalt, the comedian who is one of my dream podcast guests, by the way, if anybody has a line of Patton Oswalt, call your to have uncle him on. Patton and tell him that. <laughs> yeah. I want to be on the podcast. Um, but for those of you who don't know, Pat Oswald's wife died. Um, it would have been, gosh, about six years ago now. But Pat Oswald's wife died. Has it really been six years? I thought that was like two years ago. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it was 2015. Okay. But Jesus. That's so sad. I don't know why I, remember, I just remember what I was doing when I found out. But anyways, his wife died. Um, and he, later, maybe a year later or so, he went on Stephen Colbert. And Colbert um, is the oldest, or sorry, is the third oldest of ten brothers but his two older brothers and his father died when he was quite young. I mean, he was, I don't, I don't want to say exactly how old, but when he was young. So either way, grief is a big part of his life. Yeah. Stephen Colbert, also one of my dream podcast guests, if anybody knows oh him. Oh my God, I would drop perish. Him I would perish. Um, but they were talking, so they were talking about grief. Um, fascinating conversation. Go, go YouTube it. Um, but Pat Oswald said, um, grief, I'm paraphrasing a bit, grief fortifies if not acknowledged. If you don't address it and look at it and talk about it and talk to others about it and do whatever you got to do to deal with it, it fortifies, it gets stronger, it calcifies, it becomes part of you. And I think shame is much the same way. The shame that we feel when we 
make a mistake or in in this case that we're talking about here um impulsively make a decision or commit to something the hurt that we might cause in doing that um causes shame and that shame if not acknowledged can calcify um and more importantly i, I don't know if shame is even the quite word i uh, i've i've i think i've said this on the podcast before but i differentiate um between shame and guilt um in a very precise way um where game uh, guilt is I've done something bad. Shame is I am something bad. Yeah. And shame is often used as, as an excuse. I know I'm often, not always, but often we use shame as an excuse to not deal and learn the lessons of guilt. Yeah. When we just think I am a bad person because there's nothing to be done about that. Yeah, you can't If you it. are bad, then it's not my fault. I just am bad. But if you feel guilty, it's because you did something bad. And if you did something bad, then you might be able to do something to fix it. So I think it's important when we make mistakes like this, um, or of the nature that we're talking about, I think it's important to acknowledge the, the feeling of guilt and try not to fall into shame. Yeah. Because shame is not as useful as guilt. It's. I always think of shame, I don't know, this is maybe really silly, but I always think of it as like a storage room that like you don't want to deal with mm. like my craft room remember how it used to be mm -hmm. because like for me like for those of you who don't know dear listener i had a, a craft room that was like just a horrific nightmare of like just shit you know open the door and toss it um but the problem is is that like that room didn't start that way that room started as like a fairly functional you know craft room um, and then, you know, one day I put a little, like a, a little box in it. And then the next day I put a, a chair that I didn't have a space for. And then the next day I put another couple of boxes, but then it got to the point where like this room needed to be dealt with and it needed to be, to be, you know, organized. It needed to be sifted through and, and looked at, but instead I shut the door. And then I got into the situation where every time, like I would have a box or I would have a thing that I didn't know what to do with. I would go upstairs, I would open the door, I would take a look at this impossible pile of of awful, and I would go, nope, not today, and I would chuck the the smaller new thing in and then shut the door. And I've always kind of felt that way about shame. Like shame just kind of like lives in this in this place inside of you, wherever, you know, it may be. But then it's like, you know, if if you have a lot of internalized shame like me, if you have a lot of internalized guilt like me, if you have generally grown up feeling like a fuck up and feeling like a failure, it's really easy when you get handed like a little manageable box of like, hey, you didn't think this through, you didn't do your due diligence to then have to go up to the, you know, shame craft room and look at all of the tiny little boxes all of the boxes that have accrued through your entire life and go i'm just a fuck up i can't do anything right and that is and that has been something that i'm still working on because it's so much easier to like throw that onto the shame pile but not deal with it and say i'll get to it another day i'm not going to sort through it i'm going to let it calcify i'm going to let it sit yeah. i just talked for a really long time i'm so sorry you did not i think you talked for about a, the same amount of time that i did the whole pen oswald thing that's okay but, <laughs> but like but you know what i mean like yeah. and, and that's like really how i feel about things because like <laughs> we just we thought like i don't know it just seemed fun and then it wasn't it was not a, it was not the right call yeah and that's okay yeah i mean i think that's okay yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay that we made a bad call, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think... Um, I mean, it's not okay, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's... Nobody died. <laughs> um, uh, have you ever, like... 
hyper-focused on cleaning a room or maybe somebody else cleaned the room, but the room's really clean. And then suddenly like one cup, like on the table, like, you notice it and you just go, oh, I'll take that cup downstairs or something. Hopefully, yeah. Maybe that's what you do. Yeah. Um, but if the room is really dirty and there's a bunch of shit everywhere, like frankly, our office is right say, now. I mean, like, you know, like right now, <laughs> I mean, right now. Um, then one more cup is not noticeable. Like, it's just not noticeable. If you were to look at the room, open the door and peek in, you wouldn't even notice that one cup because the whole room is such a shit show. Similarly, like that room full of shame, if you clean house, you know, and you address your shame every time you get one of those little shame boxes, then one box in there, you're like, oh, there's a box in here. I guess I'll take it out. But once that room becomes teeming with shame boxes, one, it becomes a, a mo monumental task yeah. to clear out that room. But then also, what's one more? Yeah. To just throw on top of the pile and shut the door on. Yeah. You know? It's already disgusting, so screw it. Yeah. Just like I feel when I go to like when I go back to my apartment and my my sink is overflowing with dirty dishes and Aww. I'm just like, Well, what's one more? you know? Yeah. If there was only one in there, then it would be like, Ooh, it's the difference between a clean sink and a not clean sink, but maybe I'm running the analogy into the ground, but Yeah. No, I mean I I get it. I mean I think like it's it's really interesting realizing and I think again, maybe this is a because I think, like, we both have shame. You know what I mean? I think we both yeah. have our, our, those places oh, in our Oh, I mean, I'd like to qual to clarify. Like, I have a fucking deep shame. I'm not right. saying that my my shame room is spick and span. Oh, I, no, 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 no. Um, what, not that I thought you were. I just wanted to no, make no, sure. No, 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 no. I, I mean, but that. what I was going to say is, like, I think the problem is, is that I have, like, I, I fixed the shame room in the wrong way because rather than going into the shame room and saying okay what can i get rid of i looked in the shame room this is the weirdest metaphor but now i'm just like rolling I'm with it, it and it's kind of working yeah i'm going for it um but i went into the shame room and instead of being like okay i need to like look at all of this i need to figure out what i need to keep i need to figure out what i can let go of and get rid of instead i like my whole life has been about just like categorizing it you know, like, mm. and, and that's different than processing. That's different than like actually looking at those moments and being like, hey, you know what? Like you were 11. It's probably not that big of a deal. Or, you know, like we didn't have all the information. And so the decision we made was bad and we fixed it and we can move on and that is okay. But because it's so easy to categorize shame in like, at least for me, I don't want to speak for you, but like. For me, I categorize shame in like, oh, that's a place where I like fucked up in like household management or that's where I fucked up in like letting a friend down or, oh, I fucked up in like being a bad creator, like whatever. And so rather than just looking and being like, no, it's all coming from the same place of you never feel good enough. You never feel like you work hard enough. You never feel like you do enough. You never feel like you are enough that like instead of looking at like a one small tiny box of like oh this thing happened and it's like yeah okay that's cool that then just like you put it on the shelf and the whole shelf tips over yeah. and hits you in the face well exactly yeah i think that's where the Does analogy that make sense? yeah well I, I think that's where the analogy starts to sort of break down because if you have a room full of boxes you can no matter how many boxes are in that room you can still go in and grab one of them yeah whereas with whatever repressed whatever we have inside of us in this case shame we're talking about um you can't just take one there's not one unit of shame down there you yeah. know if you're going to address it at all you're addressing with the entire thing 
Now you can address the entire thing a little bit at a time, but it's not a unit of, of quantity. You can't be like, all. I mean, perhaps instances as they occur, you might be able to deal with, you know, you can not throw more things into the shame room, but once the shame room is full, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you open the door and it's all going to come out. There's no opening the door and just grabbing a couple of things, you know. Um, and I think that's why one, why therapy could be really nice because it's at least you have like a Virgil to your Dante to like <laughs> show you through the place. Um, not that that, well, I guess, you know, uh, so th- what you're saying is therapy is like the seven la- layers of hell. Is hell yeah, I was going to say <laughs> in this, this analogy has broken somewhere in the middle. I somewhere think. in the middle. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> but, uh, but I, 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 I think all of this, all, all of what we just said, I think, I think is, is true for everybody. Well, I, I don't mean to say that everybody feels that way, but I think if it does apply in any way, then it applies across the board. But specifically in the case of a person with executive dysfunction with ADHD, um, we're, we're going into that situation and indeed every new situation, um, knowing that our judgment on whether or not we've thought this through is impaired. Yeah. Like with that knowledge. Yeah. And it's good to know that. I think yeah. it's always better to know than to not know. But it does make it seem like we're not fucking qualified. You know, yeah. like I'm not, if I, you know, if I m- make an impulsive decision that ends up not being the right decision, um, I'm, my brain for whatever reason is tempted to think, well, the same mistakes that, or the same uh, flaws in your brain that caused you to make that decision, not to rid myself of responsibility, but that led to me making that wrong decision are the same flaws and faults that are going to make it even fucking worse when you try to fix it. <laughs> so just don't touch it, well, you know, whatever, move on. And I don't think that's often the, the way to go. No, because I, I think like, I mean, the thing that I run into is, and I think, again, a lot of this has to do with how I sort of process like when I do something bad. But like, I put a lot of pressure on myself where it's like, um, you know, I know that I tend to like rush into things like, oh yeah, I'll d- I overcommit all the time. And so for me, there's like this little shitty voice in the back of my head that goes, well, if you know that, then you're obligated to work harder to not do that. And it's like, yeah, except that in the moment, I always think I am. Because yeah. I have that voice constantly going like, oh, you're overcommitting. You're like doing the thing. You're like starting a new business. You're like buying the thing that you can't afford. And in my head, like that little shitty voice at the same time of me going like, oh, yeah, no, I did think about this. That is also the voice that like rationalizes the purchase or like justifies the thing. And it sucks because it's like I don't want to make bad decisions i don't wake up in the morning going how can i spend three hundred dollars that i don't have today but then that voice goes well are you thinking about it and then it goes yeah because i just had that thought and so i'm fine yeah and it's really frustrating because it's just like i i really like again i don't want to project my feelings onto you because that's not fair but I struggle so much with doing this job some days, especially on days like today, or because it's like I work really hard to be a good example. I work really hard to keep my life together. I work really hard to be kind and compassionate and and good, you know, like and and that means so much to me and that is that is the most important thing is just is just being 
I don't know, like authentically myself in the ways that are important. And then something silly happens. Somebody points out something, you know, that you weren't aware of. They like, you know, shine the light on the diamond a little bit differently and you look at it through a different facet and you go, oh, I fucked up. And it's just like every time, every time. And so it's like the the same way that like I sit here every week and even while I'm talking second and third and fourth guess what I'm saying because I'm waiting for all this to go away. I'm waiting for this to crumble to the ground because I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to ruin it. I'm going to be the one who takes this all away from us. And it just all has to do with that. It has to do with a lifetime of impulsive decision making and really and truly convincing myself that I'm a lot better at things than I think I actually am. And so having to confront that is hard and it does hurt and it is shameful. But I don't know. I'm not crying. You're crying. Fuck off. Well, I, I mean, I think, what's the alternative? I mean, we have the brain that we have. Yeah. Um, it makes the decisions that it makes. Yeah. We strive to make better decisions and be more moral people all the time, of yeah. course. Um, and I think it's really tempting. I think our brains are really tempted for the sake of ease of processing to to, to engage in all or nothing thinking yeah um sl- things... like i am all bad or all good exactly it's just most of the time feel all bad exactly it's just easier to think about um uh and on un- well i don't want to say unfortunately but for better or for worse that's just not the case nobody is i'm convinced nobody is just an all the way bad person yeah like oh, i, I mean maybe i don't I, I don't know everybody <laughs> but either way like regular people (laughs) aside from like warlords regular people nobody's just all the way bad or all the way good um and it's that's frustrating yeah because that's so much less simple than just like there are shitty people and there are good people maybe i'm one of the shitty ones like that's that's simpler it's harder it's harsher but it's simpler um and i think just our best option is always just to keep on trucking and realize that realize that for the sake of others we have well for not only for our own sake but also for the sake of others we have to be kind and compassionate and patient with ourselves because self-pity and self-hatred and self-loathing all disguised as self-actualization um those don't help anybody yeah and i mean other people that doesn't help other people either yeah if you forgive yourself and think, okay, I fucked up. How did I fuck up? What caused me to fuck up? When did I start fucking up? Asking all the questions that are hard to ask because you yeah. can usually spin out into self-loathing using the, with those questions. Well, because it's so easy because you go, oh, it's so simple. I should have just done that other thing. But then you didn't because you were fucking being impulsive and you're like, fuck. But you won't next time. Yeah. And that's the well, whole hopefully. point. <laughs> well, hopefully. And if you do, then you won't next time, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, and that's the whole point is that next time now you need know these things. Um, and finding out those things, where exactly you went wrong, and I don't mean you specifically, but where exactly the, one goes the wrong. Proverbial the proverbial you. The proverbial you. That's much harder to do if you're going into it with the attitude of hating the fuck out of yourself. Yeah. It's hard to be objective and reasonable and and logical. and I mean, emotions, of course, are valid no matter what they are. 
Um, but it's hard to do a, a legitimate autopsy on a situation if you're furious at the corpse. Like, you have to just think of it as, like, a thing that you are dissembling and... Is that a problem you have a lot in your life, Eric? Dissembling corpses. Furious autopsies? No, I'm quite it's good at them. great name It's, it's always a loving feeling. Is it? Furious autopsies. Furious <laughs> Eric and the Furious Autopsies. Autopsy of loathing. Hello, Seattle. We are the Furious <laughs> Autopsies. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I... All the stuff that we've been talking about, it's, it's, it's heavy stuff, of course, but whatever, and it's useful and in a lot of ways satisfying to describe because it reminds us that we're not alone. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, our best option is always just to keep on going, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. Over time, you will get better at being kind to yourself and others, but always go into it with the intent of doing that and realizing that with practice, you will get more and more successful at realizing your good intentions and not fucking stuff up by accident. But never fully stopping. You're always going to fuck stuff up. <laughs> it's just going to happen. You do not have to be good. You do not have to be good. But you do not have to crawl on your knees for it. a thousand miles through the desert. Repenting. I'm leaving. I don't want to listen. I'm going to cry. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I'll tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, through the deep trees, the mountains, and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are flying home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over again, announcing your place in the family of things. I love you. I love you too, sweetheart.